The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's memorial. Joining me to break it all down, it's him. Kyle Porter is here. Hello to you, Kyle. Rick Gaiman, what a Ooh. week. What, what a day. What a week. <laughs> uh, this, this has been fun. I've been watching Memorial most of the day, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been. Uh, fun to watch fun to fun it's a, it's a fun week it, some of these weeks get buried in between majors right but uh, this one is it's very good and it's been it's been exciting so far if you were granted the all golf power powers <laughs> golf star you, golf star and you had to choose what the winning score will be and whatever you choose that is the winning score of every professional golf tournament for the foreseeable future, what, what number would you choose? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so you're picking a, you're not picking like a two eighty one. You're picking like a minus, like a score to par. Correct. So that would change like <clears throat> minus eight at colonial would be different than minus eight at Muirfield village. That's right. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I I think I would pick uh Well, I think if I if I could pick the overall number, I think I would pick like 280. So four rounds of 70. Yeah. Which this week would be 8 under. Yeah, and like 8 8 8 to 12 I I love. I think it's really good. Like I think when it's like 8 9 10 and I, I don't know if that's like a I don't even know if that's a real like take because I don't know that the golf is it's just my perception of it is different when it's nine under than when it's 19 under, you know, I think, I think my answer would have been 11 or 12 under now because making birdie should like matter. Some, some events on the PGA tour where if you don't make birdie, like you're just losing ground, right? You're just like losing ground on the field. So making birdie should matter. It, It creates a situation where a guy gets hot for three or four holes and he's right back in it. It shows that a golf course is like difficult enough. There's still an opportunity to go low. If you want to go low, like 11 under par is like the best winning score. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think what's interesting is 
I, I think golf courses are interesting. I was watching, I can't remember which video. It might have been in both the No Line Up and the Fried Egg videos of, of Los Angeles Country Club. And they were talking about, I think it was Gil Hans who did the re, the restoration, renovation, whatever you want to call it. And he was talking about these half par holes where <clears throat> whatever the score is on the card, like the reality is that the average on the hole will either be a half stroke over or under that number. And that's really interesting, right? Because it's more measure that like that math is always true. It's just not usually as stark as like a half stroke. It's usually like a 10th of a stroke or five hundredths of a stroke or whatever. And I think that makes it really interesting. I, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird, right? Because like colonial last week, the winning score was eight, eight gets you into a playoff, but that was really 272. And this week's winner might be 12 under, but be 276. Right. So just changing the par of holes, I think like really affects our perception of a golf tournament in ways that like you wouldn't think it would just looking at it. Yes. And the half stroke par. So there's two really good examples. Uh, and they're both obviously they're both George Thomas golf courses. This is kind of what he did. Riviera and LACC where number one number at one Riviera plays like four and a half, very easy par five. And number two is going to play four and a half, very difficult par four in which LACC is going to have basically the same thing. So that no matter how you get there, it's like nine through the first two through the first two holes. And I love that. That's kind of not, not, George Thomas is like signature, but one of the things he does on, on a handful of these golf courses. Well, it kind of messes with you, right? Like at Mirafield village 15, the par five, it's, I think it's like a, a four, four tenths or, or, or a half stroke under par today. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, go make a four. But then if you don't, you still made par, but you're losing to the field. It's, I, I think, I think little minutia like that make the, the golf tournament, really fun to follow on a kind of day-to-day basis for sure well let's get into friday's second round there are still uh, some golfers out on the golf course right now but we have the vast majority of this round complete we'll start with the morning wave and got uh the lower scores as usual around Muirfield village coming out of that morning group david lipsky got a start at three under 69 that's back-to-back 69s for him he did get this thing to eight under par before making bogeys on 16 and 17 which kp Going back to that scoring average conversation, like 16, 17, and 18 are absolute brutes. So um, he he gives two back to par over those final three. Yeah, 69 with nine pars is very Spethian. Uh, it's lovely. But yeah, uh, obviously played very well. Uh, t- not, not very many pars, which is... It would be really interesting to see which courses on tour... And I imagine it's the better courses that give up the fewest or that give you the fewest pars because the better courses are the courses that you have this risk reward of like you can make birdie or bogey and the the line is really thin, right? And it seems like 
yeah. your Augusta Nationals are like that. Your your and I'm not comparing Augusta National and Muirfield Village, but Muirfield Village seems to be like that, and uh, that obviously is what happened with with Lipsky here. No, you can compare it because that's what I mean. That was what Jack was trying to do, right? Make, make <laughs> for sure make Augusta National of the of the uh, Midwest is I guess Ohio is more Eastern than the Midwest. Um, round the day, I don't want to get drawn into that. That that that'll get entire like. <laughs> regions of the country coming after you if you mislabel their all right real quick i had someone tell me that west virginia is on the east coast (laughs) on On, well like okay that one's easier because it's like literally not on the coast literally they're literally if it's not touching the coast it's not on the coast right right but what is west virginia is weird like what is it is it isn't it's not is it northeast Uh, i would say it is mid-atlantic okay so that's like Philadelphia. Uh, I think Philadelphia's in the Northeast. Uh, I think Mid Atlantic is like Ohio, West Virginia, Western parts of Tennessee. Like before you, I, I told you not to draw me I, into this. Okay, so St. Louis is the gateway to the West. We have the arc, the arch, right? So, so what? So St. Louis Midwest. So, so that's the Midwest. Anything west of that is the West. Anything on the water is the West Coast. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, boy. Anything west of St. Louis is the mid, like Oklahoma is the West? Well, yeah. Well, that could all, well, no. that could be the South. No. That's the Oklahoma, South. O- Oklahoma is weird because it's not the South. It, it doesn't have the, when I think South, I, th- I, I freaking knew you would do this. Right. No, that's when, when I think South, I think of, like the Grove at Ole Miss or Auburn football. I don't think the state of Oklahoma. North but Dakota it's not... Oklahoma's in the South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is Texas? Uh, Texas is in the South. Yeah. Not? It's right in the middle and it's at the bottom. It is absolutely the South. It, well, it's, it's yeah, I agree. Directionally, it's in the South, but culturally, it's not in the South. Culturally, the South is Georgia, Mississippi, sure, uh, Alabama. Yeah, no, I agree. Right? Yeah, culturally. So, like, I I think Oklahoma is the Midwest, but then you can't have. What did you say Ohio is? I said the Mid Atlantic. Mid, I don't know if I've even or heard that. It could be Appalachia. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you can break the. I can't believe we're doing this. You could break the country up into like, like obviously, the more regions you break it into, the easier it gets to not infuriate people. Correct. <laughs> I had somebody. I, I one of my friends, this woman. I saw her at church the other day and she was like, what continent do you think Hawaii is on? And I like, couldn't, I couldn't function for the rest of the day. North America. <laughs> oh, I, is it? Um, or is that, is that like, no, I, I think like, like technically yes, but there is also like, um, crap. It's not like all, what's the opposite of like Australasia. It, it's like, it's like, what's Pacific- the opposite? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. O- Oceana? Oceana. Yeah. 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 
Like, I don't know that, I don't know that Hawaii is in North America. Like, and, and the argument is if, if the United States capture, like if, let's say we go to war with New Zealand, which would be just preposterous, but let's say we did. If New Zealand becomes part of the United States, that doesn't mean it. New Zealand is all of a sudden in North America. Like just because something is part of a country does not mean that it is part of that country's continent. Like the British sort of, uh, well, what's it called? Like the overarching empire. Mm-hmm. Like they had countries all over the place, right? But that doesn't make them part of Europe. Like they're not on the continent of Europe. Yeah. So this 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 does come down to whether you're thinking geogra- like geographically or politically. So according to like National Geographic, it is politically part of North America, but ge- for ge- sure, geography. Ge- what's that word? Geographically, geographically, not part of any continent. Yeah, and that's what th- my friend. That was her point. Was like it's not. It's not. You can't really attach it. You can't put it in a box. You can't put Hawaii in a box, basically. We had this long conversation about it, and I was just rattled for hours. It was incredible. Well, I'll tell you what. You know who else you can't put in a box? Hideki Matsuyama, who shot the round of the day. 65-7 under, second in approach. uh, Excuse me, sixth in approach, second in putting. He's had plenty of success around here. Bogey-free, 65. How sexy, sexy does that beard look, too? Love the beard. Love the Hideki beard. Hideki is, is he might be the team captain of, hadn't, hadn't popped up for two months, and all of a sudden he's leading one of the hardest tournaments on tour. Yeah, he's super annoying in that way, but he's like, if, if you're not invested at all, like either good or bad in Hideki, like I love that part of him. Right? Yeah. He out of no, he's like Batman, right? Just comes out of nowhere, starts smacking guys in the head, and he's in and he's in the thing. Yeah. He uh <laughs> he had some great quotes afterward. Uh, I think I put one of them I, I did put one of them on Twitter about just it's like I don't know, I feel good today, but tomorrow's could be different. <laughs> and you're like yep. that's a man who just shot 65 at Muirfield Village. Uh he's got is he the uh, we'll do favorites at the end. He listen, like he was really good today and this is such a he just always he plays so well here, you know, and he plays well at Augusta National. He play he's just so such a good ball striker. He's not doing he's not leaning on the putter. He never really leans on the putter, but compared to some of the other guys at the top, I'm I'm I had him for something this week. I think outright at like thirty five to one, which I'm pumped about. So yeah, it was a it was a great second day, long way to go, but his statistical profile so far is pretty good. Pretty good indeed. Justin Suh is currently uh, doing his post-round interview with Todd Lewis holding his putter, which mm. cannot cannot be good. I've never seen a guy bring a prop to his post-round interview. We'll get to that in just one second. Patrick Cantlay, five under par. He's going to enter the weekend. Three shots off. The, excuse me, two shots off. Lee. Five under on Friday, six under for the tournament. Uh, Patrick Cantlay and Muirfield Village go together like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I've got him to finish top 10 this week. Another another bearded guy. Uh, he, he, you know, he wasn't great on Thursday. And so you're kind of like, okay, you know, and then just 
cruises on Friday. He's so good here. And it makes you wonder, like, every, I feel like, Rick, everything Patrick Cantlay does makes me wonder why he's not better at majors, right? Like, just playing great, not only at easy tour courses, but hard ones as well. He was awesome on Friday. I would imagine he's the new favorite, uh, but I don't know. We'll get to that at the end. Yeah, we will get to that at the end. Rory McIlroy shot a Friday 68. He started on the front nine, so he ended on 7, 8, 9. Birdies both 7 and 8. Statistically, KP, it was very well-rounded. Uh, gain strokes across the board, all four major categories. And, uh, you know, remember, he gave up three shots on a on a single hole yesterday, but is still very much in the mix here. It was interesting. I was looking at his... Did Scheffler? He made what did Scheffler? Made bogey on the last. So did he make the cut? Yeah, as long as it stays at three over, which is the very likely scenario. Yes. Okay, I've got a thing on him. We can do it in a second. But the Rory stuff is interesting because he's really he's putting very well this week. Justin Ray had the stats, and I looked it up. Rick, he's actually been a better ball striker this year than last year, and yet statistically. And yet he seems to have this like real consternation over his swing. And, and I like, if you watch it, you, you sort of understand because it's not, it doesn't feel easy in big events right now for him. It feels like a real struggle in ways that it didn't last year. So I understand that part of it, but the numbers say that he's been a better ball striker since January one than he was at this like January one to Memorial last year, which I thought was, really interesting i also thought it was interesting that he's never can really like contended i i say that he's finished in the top five here but i don't remember him being like second or third late on a sunday maybe i'm just misremembering that but uh good bounce back from the opening 72 where he tripled the last and he's in a good position going into saturday yeah he had a quote that like Mirfield Village kind of boxes him in and doesn't really let him hit driver in the way that he wants to. So obviously having, you know, your best weapon, at least mentally be put in in back in the bag. Um, yeah, kind of a weird situation for him because he should be able to drive it all over the place. Uh, Spieth shot an even par 72. He's going to be five back going into the weekend. Uh, I am completely over the wrist thing. The wrist is not a concern. He gave us a, a, a quote like, yeah, it's fine. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, he plays well here, which, again, not a surprise because he, uh, not sure if you remember this, but he plays very well at Augusta National. Mm. Heard of that. Somebody's yelling about Xander in the comments. What did he do? Xander shot a 66, which was 11 shots better than his Thursday round. So this was plenty good enough to get him inside the cut line. He's actually in a tie for 22nd right now. He bogeyed his first hole of the day, number 10, and then went ham and cheese, 31 on his second nine. That's five under. So he played his last 14 holes at seven under par. I did see this. I, I was confused. Somebody was yelling about Xander. I thought he was like still on the course, but I no, saw earlier like eight hours ago. Yeah, I saw earlier he shot 7766, uh, which was good for me because I think my best bet was Xander top 20. Correct. Yes. So he's he's on pace. 
Yeah, we're looking good. We were not looking good 24 hours ago, but uh, played a lot better, obviously, on Thursday. I didn't, I did, didn't see much of his round on Friday morning. Um, but uh, he's kind of. I, I, I think the thing that's interesting, Rick, is it's really difficult to win from the position, like shooting 77 in the first round. Like right now, after 36 holes, he looks like he's in a great spot to maybe go out and get a win. But if you just look at the way tournaments play out, it almost never happens that when you shoot one really bad round, what he was probably lost three or four strokes of the field on Thursday, yep. that, that you can make up the other. You really need to gain like 20 or so over the next three days or in the other three rounds, no matter when that bad round is. Gaining 20 strokes over in three rounds is is really, really difficult to do. So we'll see, but it was a great Friday. Uh, more cow just hold out from the fairway on. I am watching this. Sorry, did I spoil it for you? No. He had a very emotional last three holes. Yeah, let's I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? We'll we'll reset, we'll get to the afternoon wave, we'll talk about that wild Morikawa stuff and everything else. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between. But solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Colin Morikawa's second nine. Bogey on 10, birdie on 11, par on 12. Bogey on 13, par on 14, Eagles 15, doubles 16, goes bunker to bunker there. Bogey's 17, and that hole out from the fairway on 18 was his third shot. That was for birdie because he was out of position off the tee. That was a very hardworking one over second nine with a hole out from the fairway and an eagle to get in even par for the tournament with 36 to go. What did he shoot on the back? <sighs> 37 one over two eagles on the back and shot 37 no he what sorry yeah 18 was not um did you see him on was it 16 yes throwing his 
Yeah, wasn't wasn't great. I I I've not really seen him react like that. He was upset. I think it's way, dude. I've seen hit the more like more one-handed finishes than I've ever seen. I think the the two years of no wins is grinding on him. I think that um, the game's like good, not great. I I, I think he's. Uh, and remember, like at the start of the year, like like in January, remember how he was like, I had like the worst year ever. It was horrible, blah, blah, blah. Statistically, it was like one of his best. I think that he is kind of susceptible more so now than ever to the grind of PGA Tour life. Well, yes. I wrote this after, uh, where did he win? Royal St. George's, the Open, RSG. Yes. I, re- I remember writing this after the open where I said like, Hey, <clears throat> this is sick. Like it's awesome, but here's what's coming. And what's coming is you enter into this machine that your David Lipsky's and Mark Hubbard's don't are not in like Morikawa is a corporation. He's got a bunch of people that are looking to him for a lot of different things and that's a really difficult, like, that's so, you've been around it. It's so hard to manage, you know? And that's why your Scotty Shufflers are super impressive because they kind of seem to push all that away and let other people do it. And and there's a couple different ways to go about it. And, and that works for Scotty. Somebody like Rory wants to, like, be in the middle of it all, and that seems to work for him. And I think Morikawa is just trying to figure out, okay, how do I navigate being a like I'm a I'm a one man corporation, right? And that's it's it's hard enough to play high level golf when you're not carrying that around, and then when you are, it's it's a lot. And I think that's kind of what you're speaking to. Yes, completely, completely agree. Scotty Scheffler, who we just uh, saw finish his round here just a few moments ago, is not having a great week. He will, he will make the cut. He's in it. He's in it three over, but he bogeyed 12, 14, 16, and 18, including a pretty short missed putt on 18. He has lost with the flat stick KP. He's lost six strokes putting through two rounds, which to put that into perspective, it is the second worst in the field. Chad Ramey. Also has lost six strokes putting this week. He's been he was 15 shots worse than Scotty Scheffler over two rounds. Elite ball striker. That's my only takeaway. Boy. Uh now my only takeaway is this, Rick. Uh Scotty Scheffler, two wins this year. He's finishing the top four in eight of his last 18, no, 10 of his last 18 PGA tour events or worldwide events, including the hero. World number one, Rom Birdie the last. Uh world number one, and he gets beat by three by Brant Snedeker, who had his sternum rebuilt in December and is playing for the first time in eight months. Yeah. I don't know how you, you like, golf is the most idiotic but also greatest sport ever. It's unbelievable. Imagine trying to pr- predict this stuff. Why, why would you even try? Well, why are we trying? I mean, pull up the spreadsheet and, and other people would say the same thing. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, John Rom back to back seventies gets in at two under. He's going to be uh, four shots off the lead. Let's let's give our our credit to our leader here. Eight under par. Justin Su, uh, sixty six. Thanks to a birdie on eighteen. Uh, that's thirty three going out. Thirty three coming in. This is 
a little bit of a trend here, KP. We're getting clearly not not that the bar was super high, but the best season of of Justin Suh's career. Um, you know, you talk about expectations coming out with the, the you know the the studs that were Matt Wolf, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and now trying to put a stamp on maybe his first PGA Tour win. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It would be really cool. It'd be f- almost four years to the week after he did the hello world thing not the actual hello world but his version of it or their version of it and i I love justin so i think he's a really good player i think corn fairy tour part of the year is very telling like if you i don't know if you have that list handy but off the top of my head scheffler uh sung jay i think jt i mean it's 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 a tell for like who's gonna succeed at the tour level and I worry with horses behind him that the putter's a little bit carrying him right now, but I also think that he's one of the he's he's not like in the premium group of this player, but he's kind of one of those guys where it might just be the putter was hot for the first two rounds and then his ball striking is going to carry him the rest of the way. There might not be a drop off coming. So, I'm excited to see if he can hold it with Hideki Cantlay, Rory, Rom, Ricky, all these guys within uh, within four going into Saturday. Final or last five Corn Fairy Tour players of the year: Justin Suh, uh, okay. twenty two. The the double year where they they ended up making twenty twenty like a fifty. That was like Steven Yeager, I think. Steven Yeager, that's right. Nineteen. Uh, the years are hard. Yeah, Sung. It's not Sung Jay. Nah, you know who it is after Sung Jay. Um, you already said it. I'll give you credit for it. Scotty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Scotty, Sung JM in 2018. 2017's uh, a significant drop-off, but this guy's having... I mean, like a lot of guys would take this guy's career. 2017, Corn Fairy Tour Player of the Year was Chesson Hadley. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not... I guess it's not always a tell, but it can be a tell for... For who's going to uh, to succeed at the at the big boy level? This will be his third thirty six hole lead. First twenty twenty one Punta Cana finished t twenty eight. Second Honda Honda of this year finished t yeah. five. So we will see if he can improve on those finishes. We can talk about some other names, but let's do it in the context of uh, the betting board. So we'll give Josh a second to get that all up and running, but we do have some guys just kind of finishing up and putting, putting a bow on, on their rounds right now. Ricky's got himself a, a, a good round going. He's four under, he's playing the final hole of the day. We just watched John Rahm get in Wyndham Clark just wrapped up a one under 71. So he's in at three under. So they're there. Th- this, this board is, is brewing here. KP. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's pretty awesome. I'm excited about it. There's, you know, and there's a lot of different storylines, not only for the PGA Tour year, but going into the U.S. Open. Rom, Ricky, um, Cantley is the favorite. Yeah. Uh, Plus three. Is that? Do you think that's right? You think Cantley should be the favorite? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's two off the lead. Uh, he's dominated this place, and he is. Uh, I mean, he is a better player than Hideki is. Um, so yes, at this point, I mean, it's not like he's even money, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Man, this is a really good board. Your top four are Cantlay, 
at 330, Hideki at 450, Rob at 550, Rory at 750, and none of those guys are actually in the golf tournament. And then you got Siwoo, Ricky, Spieth, and Victor, which are all uh they're they're all really good. They're they're all really interesting stories, right? With Sa, I guess Siwoo's the least interesting. Yeah, if Siwoo wins, it'll just be like, all right, well, there's his like one one win a year, and sometimes it's a big one, and he's gonna wear his crazy outfits, and he's gonna be Siwoo. Yeah, uh, I don't. What's Victor at? Two, three, two, I believe. Two rounds of one under. Uh, yes, seven. You just got to be perfect from that position, right? With those guys in front of you, you have to shoot like 66, 66. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the point I was going to put a bow on it, but more cow will hold out like this. You were talking about how Xander's like still very unlikely to win this, but like, he just, he's going to have to shoot like two more 66s to win. Like he has to do so much to get it. Just, yeah, you have to be perfect. These other, these guys at the top don't have to be perfect. They just have to be. Yeah. Perfect. I think, uh, I, I like Rom more than I like can't and Hideki. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, at those at those numbers, right? I think Cantlay. I probably like if, if my life was on the line, I had to pick a winner. I guess I'd pick Cantlay. Uh, but I think Rom at those numbers is is more appealing. I, I agree. I had I had Cantlay before the tournament started, so that's I'm cool with that. Uh, Rom, but you're right. So Rom is four off the lead, three behind Tadeki. He's top ten in both off the tee and approach for this week. Like it is vintage Rom. You give him two more rounds. You think he's going to be better than basically everybody in the field. And Scotty's too far back unless he goes nuts on the weekend to like, like, you know what I mean? Like the path, the path is much more clear for Rom towards the top uh, than a lot of these other guys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited about this. I'm covering it both days this weekend. And I don't know if are we, are we podcasting together tomorrow or just Sunday? Well, at the beginning of the week, I know, Saturday we had it was a void spot, but I believe now you're on because you're you're on Saturday. So I think we're right. Let's do it. I'm pumped. It'll be awesome. Can't wait. Same time, same place, uh, Saturday night and Sunday night for the rest of the Memorial Recap for now. Producer Josh, thank you very much. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 